sorry, but let's pull together, get up the energy, and it's been a long weekend for us. Uh, but let's just try and hold it together for this episode. Dude, I, I, I'm pretty held together really well right now. You, though, on the yeah. other hand, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm lagging hard. And I drove back. And you did drive back. I did drive back. I, that, that was that was, a, that was impressive. I'm not going to lie, because I drove there, but it was much easier the day before, or the day of, rather. And then, of course, you know, hell of a night last night. And then, you know, you, you did step up to the plate and, and drove us home today. So I was I was very happy. Yeah, I needed a, a little bit of stimulation to keep my mind off of what all went down last night. And I'm not even talking about the game. But uh, it was definitely a wild, wild weekend. And it was funny. We were talking, uh, you know, you hit, you hit a certain bend on the drive back from the west coast of Florida where you're about to jump on Alligator and Alley. And Jay's arrangement with uh, myself here was that we'd actually swap at that point. But, you know, just looking at Jay over there, he just he just, he just looked a little banged up and I thought I had to take us home. Yeah, so I was like, all right, so like now we're hitting Naples. At some point he's going to pull off and, and then I'm just going to have to finish up and, 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 you know, take us the second half home. And then we pass like the exits. I was like... I saw the bend coming. I was like, there's not really any turning back from here, and there's nowhere to stop to switch drivers. So I guess he's just going to just gonna be a champ and, and bring us all it, the way home. It, it wasn't even discussed at the time, but I, uh, I saw your face right there, and it, uh, I'm glad it brought you a little bit of joy here. It did. I could finally relax because I had to drive there through traffic, which was, was never fun. Yeah, which is brutal. So, you know, this is a total shout out to everybody who's joining the team next week in St. Petersburg. Leave a little bit of time because if that road on the 75 that turns into the 275 gets backed up, there's really nowhere to go. Yeah, it's uh, never fun to go, you know, stop on a highway or go five miles on a highway for, you know, 11 miles, whatever it was. Yes. And with that, we are stoked to be jumping back on the podcast and joining everybody out there. We had our first exhibition match. What was that? Saturday. We're recording this podcast on Sunday. Geez, the days are starting to blur together. But please, if you do not do so already, go ahead and subscribe to the Inner Miami podcast. Click that little subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Or if you use other channels, you can go ahead and do so as well. Uh, if you don't, Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or shoot us an email, whichever you prefer. Our website is live, innermiamipodcast.com. We make it really simple for everybody out there. And, you know, I got to say, Jay, the energy was real strong. But before we get into that, we have one new country. Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to the well-traveled Miami podcast. Road tripping. Road tripping, bringing you the hottest news. Did want to give a quick shout out to France. Picked up some listeners over there. Uh, man, this is insane just how many countries we are in now. But big ups to France for tuning in. And big ups to everybody else who tunes in on a weekly basis here. Like Jay said, we strive to bring you the hottest news and bring it to you guys in a real fashion. So... We have experienced one heck of a spike of listenership over the last few weeks, which is a big testament to everybody out there, and also a kind of a sign here that we're getting closer to the season starting. And obviously, if you checked out last week's episode with the Cooligans, some awesome fun that we had with them, um, they had definitely reached out to us and kind of heard what we were doing down south here. So, you know, we're excited to keep this thing going. Definitely. It's it's really impressive to watch, and we're obviously grateful, and 
uh, you know, we keep doing it because the fans like it. So it's, it's nice to see it's well received. Yeah, Jay and I have some awesome episodes here lined up for everybody. If you haven't already done so, please go back a couple episodes. We have interviews with Luis Robles, uh, Agudo. Luis Argudo, Jerome yeah. uh, Kiesewetter most recently. I Sorry, it's been a long, long trip. We're, we're, we're doing this for the fans, but our, our brains are kind of struggling slightly. I, I think my brain just shut off, man. Right? I think my brain just shut off. I thought you might be like seizing out on me. Wow. You know? I, I didn't hit the floor, but that was... You got that, to one that, and you just ran Holy out. smokes. I haven't felt like that when, uh, since I was 22. But anyway, big shout out Vice City. Vice City showed up. There was about 12 of them over there, you know, some leaders, Caesar, Chris, who joined us on the podcast a few months ago. If you haven't done so already and want to get a feel for some of these supporters groups, um, there's a few episodes that we did with some of the leaders back, I want to say a few months ago. So go ahead and check those out. Uh, we had four different supporters groups join us on the podcast. Yeah, it was Vice City, the Siege, Southern Legion, and the Northern Pack up in West Palm. It was kind of funny because we... We got there uh, like two hours early, and we just wanted mm-hmm. to get some food in us for obviously continuing, uh, or not continuing, I guess, but starting to drink. We weren't drinking and driving, and especially not with the child. Well, I was drinking and riding. Yeah, but... yeah so, or some of us were. <laughs> but we were just sitting at a table at the Avenue, pretty cool sports bar right by yeah. Alling Stadium. If you're going next week, you know, stop by there if you want to get a bite. Three and, three blocks away, $6 parking, too, for everybody. Yeah, it's it's literally just right in walking distance, and we had just been seated. I think we all kind of took turns going to the to the restroom after, you know, that four-hour excursion. And then out of nowhere, just Caesar comes up, and he's like, yo, what's up, guys? And then more Vice City boys roll in. Chris stopped by and said hi, and, and they, they came out in force. Beating on their drums, singing the entire match as we were, you know, yes. we don't speak Spanish, but we were trying our best to accompany them. I think we started to pick things up. We, we did. The back there, there, the, there's definitely the a song that, that, that we like, obviously, a lot out of there. Uh, but it's just nice to, you know, for us not necessarily being, you know, a member of any supporters group, but still being welcomed by all the supporters groups to come hang out and be a hooligan with them for a day. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that is something that we do by choice. We want to kind of be a little bit mutual to the whole process and honestly just support any groups or any individuals who want to come out here and support the team as Inter Miami continues to build its popularity and as the season gets going. Yeah. If you, if you love Inter Miami, and support in Miami, then we love and we support you. It doesn't matter, you know, like what group you're in. If you're, if you're about it, we're there for you. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're in India, China, Mexico, the U.S. We bring the heat and so do you. Exactly. It was an exciting time because it was really the first time. I know they've had some closed door scrimmages, but this is really, I think, what everyone, including, uh, you know, Coach Alonzo and even the players really were counting as like their first game. So, you know, they released the starting 11. We, we actually got to see... You know, it's been it's crazy how time flies, but it's been like five months that we've been doing this, and to finally see these boys on the pitch, kicking a ball around and getting at it was was very awesome to see. It was awesome to see. I think is the absolute right word, Jay. And just as we kind of shared a little bit of a I don't know a disclaimer or so for people who are traveling up to Al Lang Stadium for our game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies here this coming Saturday. Do leave a little bit more time because, again, if there is an accident on the 75 or the 275, that is going to delay you. And a little bit more of a disclaimer, I don't know what in the hell the Tampa Bay Rowdies parking situation was doing, but they had the entire (laughs) front lot wide open. I'm talking 
hundreds of spaces open and they had the sign that said lot closed can so you explain you, that to me jay it, it makes no sense to me uh i was hoping there was going to be a little bit more tailgating activities going on but they really weren't allowing anyone to park at the stadium everyone either parked in that garage or down by the marina and then walk there it's not a long walk really you know by any means no matter where you're really parking once you're down in that area i mean you're exactly right though i would probably plan on getting there two to three hours before actual kickoff just to get settled if you want to get some food you want to get a couple drinks maybe uh you know just get there a little early in case anything happens on the roads to delay that but yeah the parking situation wasn't great you know by any means but that didn't stop us man we still had a lot of fans there the rowdies were playing montreal after so there were actually a lot of you know tampa bay rowdy fans there watching the game as well uh, but it was a it was a really good time. We were live streaming the entire event, first yep. and second half, um, which was very well received. That kind of blew up, and the the, the interactions and, and just communication going on between the fans tuning in because I know more people are going to the game next week, but they were still very interested in this game. So just to see that and the conversation stemming throughout the the live video was, was pretty fun. Yes, if if you didn't come up this weekend, we urge you, we urge you, we urge you to get out there next weekend. It was awesome. This was something that Jay and myself did not want to miss. It was our first time seeing the team out on the pitch for, you know, it's it, it was something to be memorable. But you know, as Jay said, you know, parking is a little bit brutal. I still don't know what the hell they're doing with all the open spots and the lots being closed. Um, but they did have a parking lot that was three blocks away from the stadium. It was right behind the Avenue restaurant. So go ahead and check that out. $6 all day parking. That's definitely our suggestion. We, we parked over by the Marina, which was cool because it was free parking. So, you know, if you want to try that route, go ahead and do it, but there is a two hour limit. So, you know, myself and Dre, Jay and a few of the other buddies that we were with, you know, went outside at halftime, moved our car up uh, about two spots and yeah. I thought we were pretty cool. So, Hey, we're we're playing by the rules. It was two hour parking. We, we, we played by we, the rules. We took, we took an hour in one part and we moved and, and did, you know, an hour in another part. And you know what we did too, Jay? What did we do, bud? We brought the tailgate to us. We did. We did. We did. We were tearing it up with some white claws, some trulies, <laughs> and, you know, and, beer. And, and, and beer. And a few cores for all you beer drinkers out there. We were sharing some Mark Anthony tunes and we were jamming out on the grass knoll right outside. Yeah, it wasn't in, insane by any means outside. So, like, we had quite a few drinks still left in the cooler and we just kind of tucked it over by one area of the stadium, came back out, picked it up on the way home, you know, and, uh, it was a good time. So I'm yeah, sure just, uh, just Uber don't drive drunk out there. People No, don't. Yeah. Uber. It, it's really, it's, it's just, it's too easy. Once you're already in that area, it's very short distances. You need to travel. So just be safe about it. Yes. And when you do go to the arena next week, you're probably going to see a few stickers around the spot. So, you know, Jay's a little bit more of a lengthy guy, so he was able to hit some tough-to-reach spots. But if you do see these stickers around the arena, go ahead and take a picture, share it, tag us. We'll get a kick out of it, and it'll be fun. In my head, I was competing in the in the NBA All-Stars dunk competition. Well, hey, listen, you man. Know? You know, it's all <laughs> like, about imagination. <laughs> I, thought, I wouldn't say you went under the leg on one and then one against the ceiling. But, but uh, <laughs> all right, so the game itself, um, I'll just give a quick breakdown. It, it finished 2-1. to one. Inter-Miami, uh, quote-unquote, loss, although I guess there's no losses in an exhibition match. Technically, 
the way it broke down really is in the 19th minute, uh, Sergio Santos from the Philadelphia Union was able to score on a, pretty much a, an open goal. It was a, a wing run where the defense kind of committed to that side of the pitch, uh, including Robles shifting to that side of the goal and then a very nice through ball into the middle for Sergio Santos, who actually came up in their uh, youth academy program. And I mean, he was, you know, probably only, I don't know, maybe five yards away from goal. So it was was literally just get your foot on the ball and it's going in. Uh, But then... Uh, in the 33rd minute, two minutes after Mr. Rodolfo Bizarro was subbed on, he had a beautiful history, history the first, I guess, history. goal scored uh, in an open exhibition match. And it was off a nice assist from Lee Wynn. And yes. then he was able to slot it past the keeper from, you know, not too terribly fall out, uh, far out, rather. Probably about 10 um, yards or so in front of the net. Yeah, yeah, something like that from a little bit of a, of a diagonal angle. And, and, um, and then the game remained tied 1-1 until the 86th minute when uh, Montej Orovec, I hope I'm getting that right. Sound close to me. Had an absolute ripper of a goal. A cross came in from the wings. It was headed out by Inter-Miami defense. And this uh, Montej guy took it right off the volley. The ball never touched the ground from deep outside the box. And this thing just arced perfectly. Uh, Luis Robles got a hand to it. It was a lot of power behind that shot, and one hand wasn't able to stop it. It trickled in there to uh, really pretty much in the game in the 86th minute there. Then, of course, they finished out. So that's basically the breakdown of how the game went. But what were your takeaways from the actual gameplay itself? Yes. So, like you said, that was a rocket off of his right foot. A beautiful goal. Uh, such a beautiful goal. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the soccer lovers, football lovers, like dream goals they love from outside the box, off the volley, just beautiful rip. Yes. Can't even take anything away from the kid. That will be on his YouTube highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's going to be on there for <laughs> any, sure. Any day now. Um, but yeah, like like Jay said, you know, breakdown of the goals that happened there. I got to say, without that beautiful, beautiful play on the 86th minute there, I thought that we played pretty well for our first game you know, throughout this entire process, obviously, you know, we're, we're having 11 people come together for the first time and and Philadelphia is nothing really to gawk at. They're, they're a decent team out there. So I thought it was a pretty good showing, you know, in general for what we saw out there, we're going to get into a little bit more of our analysis of the game here. But before we do just kind of wanted to run over the starting 11 here that we rolled out on day one in goal we had mr luis robles on our back line nilis torres fagal sweat and on our midfield we had trap uyoya pellegrini argudo lee win and filling out our forward or striker is aguadello so yeah, no, exactly, and, and and I think the the way it initially lined up was Uyoya and Trap playing more of that center defensive mid with Pellegrini mm-hmm. and Argudo and Win uh, in more of that you know front attacking mid. Uh, Pellegrini was all over the pitch. I mean, that dude is a workhorse. He was going all over the place. Uh, it was really awesome to watch him play. I think one of the things that we were starting to realize was as a new team coming together, right? I, I think everyone's still trying to find the identity of the team and who exactly will be stepping up and playing what role. So I saw a lot of chance creation and there were moments where I would have preferred players to just be a little, be a little bit more selfish, 
have a go, you know, when they have their opening instead of, you know, looking to the next man to pass through. Because I think that's kind of how we really, you know, jump starting it and get a very fast paced tempo going where we're a feared team where everyone's comfortable ripping it when they get their opening. Yeah, I think Diego Alonso more has an offensive mind to himself. He's not, he doesn't sway to the defensive side. Um, you know, myself actually on the other side, I actually think Pellegrini is someone that we really need to step up here. Carranza's out for another 10 to 12 weeks or however that may be the severity of the injury could you know kind of go and sway and things like that and you know from what we understood too is is that uh Mr. Agudelo did suffer an injury out on the pitch it seems like it was more of a hamstring injury and I know when I hear hamstring I personally get really nervous about that because those tend to be a little bit more of a nagging injury that can kind of stay with you if it's not properly addressed here in the beginning. So with, you know, him being out and Carranza being out, you know, Pellegrini is someone that we have to lean on. Obviously, he's a little bit younger, but I think he's kind of most people out there. They're not most, but a lot of people's out there's kind of wild card this year and saying that this is this is going to be a guy that's going to step into the the, the the kind of limelight here and have an awesome first year. But I think that this opportunity for Pellegrini is something that he needs to grab a little bit more by the steering wheel and take it home. You know, don't feel, you know, don't be afraid to rip that outside shot. You know, I think that was one of the glaring kind of observations that I myself had was that, you know, we didn't really take any outside shots during this whole process. We were, we were trying to create from within, which is awesome. And I think something that obviously increases the probability of goal but you know don't be afraid to rip it from the corner yeah i agree uh, uh, most of our chances i think most of the, the the play they were they were gearing towards was trying to get some sort of breakdown in the the box right so uh i agree like i said you know there was instances where i, th- I think people should have you know had a go instead of trying to to be the creator um, I was also expecting to see a little bit more substitution on the attacking front because we know our defensive line is, is pretty solid. We know our midfield is pretty solid. Uh, you know, I, I really wanted to see like Jerome Kiesewetter get some playing time just because with that Carranza injury, we, we, we need to identify, you know, how that attack will look. And I think the only way to really find out to, you know, a certain degree is to just rotate these guys and see where everyone stacks up I would agree I would agree and you know I think I think again Pellegrini is someone that's going to step in here to the light a little bit and showcase his skills and I think he's just got to you know kind of you know I guess believe and undertake that challenge there and I think some good things will come of it but you know like you did say you know unfortunately Jerome did not see the field which we were a little bit disappointed in um, rumor was that he was maybe battling with a little bit of an injury, but that's all right. The the Aguadelo injury was actually nasty. I, I I saw it happened. It was over on the west side of the field. It was around. It was kind of later in the half, and he got slid, slide tackled pretty hard. And you know, kind of when you go through these exhibition games, really what you want, you know, is is not really injuries, right? We haven't even started mm-hmm. playing the regular season. So when injuries happen on an exhibition or a non counting game, that that really is frustrating for not just the fans but specifically the team itself because that's a piece that goes down and you know obviously our team being the way it is and the way that the roster is set up today is is that we're not heavy on the attack so when we lose someone like that you know it really does affect us and you know even our our rotational side of the whole player mixture yeah I, I agree with that there was some beautiful parts of it I mean we 
you know, Inter really did do a great job uh, in regards to dominating possession. A lot of short passes, trying to break down the defense, keep, you know, Philly Union running, trying to gas them out. They did a great job in possessions. One other thing I really liked was our outside play. The The wing play was great. Uh, a lot of great opportunities were, were, you know, created from the wings. And then also a lot of you know, the the other midfielders coming in to support and provide relief from defensive pressure on the wing, ultimately resulting in quite a bit of action in front of the goal. You know, it, it did result in only one goal with Lee Wynn setting up Pizarro, which was, was beautiful. But overall, I like the direction we're heading. And again, the first game, you know, it's going to be a little rough. But we do, we're doing a lot of things well, and we need to just keep improving that. And I think we'll, we'll really have something you know beautiful that we can we can build. Yeah, and to your point, Lee Wynn hit a beautiful pass to Pizarro in the center field, and he rifled it in for our first goal ever as Inter Miami. And you know what I think should not be overlooked is is that this game very well could have been two two at the final play. There was. There was an opportunity in the 43rd minute right before the halftime hit, and we had three shots on goal that the goalie just honestly just stepped up. He, he was a man about it, and he blocked every single shot, but that was a huge opportunity that we missed, but I think Lee Wynn played excellently, uh, being exactly what we thought he would be when we signed him You know, this year from LAFC. He's a playmaker in the middle. He's a magician, as we like to call it. He's a ninja at best, so I was really excited to see him out the pitch, and you know, I think one thing that Jay and myself did take along uh, away from this game here was is how huge the Pizarro signing was. He was awesome out there. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, there, there were a lot of positives to everything in, in that kind of sequence you were uh, referencing with, with sequential shots inside. I mean, I will say this. Uh, Blake, the, the keeper for Philly Union, is an amazing keeper. He, yeah, he was solid. He stopped he some what he close-up shots. That was uh, the one you're referring to was uh, Pizarro basically, you know, setting up a, a beautiful pass to Will Trapp, who just ripped a, a shot, stopped by Blake, and then uh, Nico Fagal was able to to get the rebound, took another shot, which Blake also saved. I mean, he was he was all over the place, stopping balls. It was unbelievable. Hell of a keeper. Uh, fun fact, though, it was Pizarro's 26th birthday. Hey, happy birthday. And as a birthday. gift to himself in the club, he decided to go ahead and, you know, etch his name on the, you know, goal list for Miami. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool little way to celebrate your birthday there, at least uh, celebrate with everybody else out here. I'm sure he did something else, and I'm sure the team got together and, you know, brought in 26 years of age and... He was great to watch. It, it's it's impressive because he literally just got to Miami like two mm-hmm. days prior. He had had like one kind of pseudo. I don't even think it was a full practice with the team. But when he came in, you could see a lot of other players trying to get in positions to support him and allow him to, to really just play freely. He had a lot of great control. Uh, being who he is, I think warrants a certain amount of attention from the opposing team's defense. So he was actually able to create opportunities, draw more players to him. Very good at kind of shielding the ball from you know Philly Union and, and allowing a lot of mobility inside that box, which, you know, if we continue to develop, could really lead to goals because the easiest way to score is be super close to the goal. Yeah, I mean, and to that point, we are still down, you know, 
two strikers now, it seems. So once we, you know, implement Carranza and the whole mix of the whole thing, you know, after his foot injury here, I think we're that much farther along. Obviously, it's still disappointing that he's not with us from, you know, kind of the start of the season, but that's okay. Um, some of the takeaways that I did have, though, Jay, was is that one was Agudelo, or I'm sorry, Agudo played awesome man he he was he was probably the standout player and i'm not just saying that because he was on the podcast if you haven't listened to it go ahead and flip a few episodes back <laughs> but uh he was amazing uh aguda was gives awesome a lot of effort. gives he a ga- lot of effort. he gave a lot of effort out there it seemed like every play that was getting started from the midfield and brought up in front was started by him so i was thrilled to see him out on the pitch and i think that that's an exciting player that i think some of us may have even overlooked kind of on kind of your imagination on the begin- before the season has been starting here, but he's someone to keep an eye out as the season progresses. He is because he he's played in the MLS. I wouldn't dub him a veteran just because he is so young, but he holds his own. He is feisty out there. He is going to fight for, for every inch. And it was really awesome to see that kind of passion coming out in, in, you know, in the buildup and in chance creation, you know, it, it was really good. Another thing that, that I liked outside of that first goal, which just seemed like, uh, you know, a defensive blunder, a little bit of overcommitting for, uh, you know, I'm not taking anything away from the cross. It was a beautiful cross, but the goal was really easy uh, by Santos. But for the most part, our defense, you know, held pretty strong. Uh, again, we had a lot of passing, a lot of possession. So it's good when, you know, a lot of times you want, you know, those midfielders are known for their passing abilities or even strikers. Uh, but, you know, they're sometimes can be concerned with you know, kicking the ball back to the defense and, and kind of resetting the offense. And, you know, I think we feel pretty secure with, with our, our defenders we have in place now. Kind of playing off your point of, of where we need to see more. We need to see Jerome Kiesebetter get some playing time. We need to see Robbie Robinson getting some player time. That's kind of the one area that's been the question mark because the defense has been built out for for a while now, and, and midfield was was really close to there. And now with the addition of Pizarro and you know possibly even uh, Augustin Almendra, our, our our midfield will be great. The one thing we really need to find out is that attack, right? Because we can play great possession, we can play great defense, but at the end of the day, we're gonna have to put some goals in there, and someone's got to step up, be that striker, that 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 you know center forward who has the confidence and ability to create and and then take a chance. Yeah. And I'm not even, and I don't think we're saying that that isn't someone on the team currently. I mean, I think we kind of looked to Carranza. He was one of our first signings on the team, which really hurts us even more. He's been a day one -er, but I think once we get him back in the mix that, you know, that piece is going to kind of start to pop off. But as we've seen thus far, and it's no surprise to anybody out there who follows the team is that our attack and our forwards are actually kind of our our weakest depth spot on the team. And I don't think that's going to take anybody by surprise, but you know, we did see, you know, kind of the lack of depth here kind of show up first day one. But um, I myself had, you know, five takeaways from this game, Jay, here. And we kind of every single week and every game, we kind of want to, you know, share with you guys our takes from the game. Number one is that Pizarro was an amazing addition to the team. He showed why he's worth $12 million in transfer just right there. He showed why his worth is exactly where it should be. As soon as he checked into the game, the whole match changed. It did, and it, it's just so impressive to only be here two days and still be able to come in and play that well with your teammates. Yeah, and I think that that, too, is not just a testament to his skill and his ability, but I also think it's a true reflection of 
his experience and his relationship with Mr. Diego Alonso before because yeah. he does know the way that he coaches. He does know the formation. He knows he does, the system. Yeah. He gets the system. And when you bring someone in like that, uh, not just with his skill and temperament as an individual, but it also just brings just another layer of knowledge that the team may not have had. Number two is that we need a, we, we need number nine. We need a number yeah. nine, either for depth purposes or to get him out there on the pitch. We're really hoping that the last few spots on our team, we're going to get a new player assigned at the end of the episode. But we're really hoping that you know one of those spots is filled with a number nine for us. Well, that's the plan, you know. But we'll get into the, to the two new players, two new international, two new international spots uh, that that are now taken. But the plan is to get a true number nine and a midfielder that can that can play both ways. And what that means is someone who can be an offensive presence as well as a defensive presence. Yes, and my third takeaway here would be uh, Mr. Nelis. Uh, he was our third, the third overall pick, our second pick in the super draft here. And he was really impressive from day one. This was his first time playing professional soccer. So he's going against much older people, although that's not too tricky around there, but it is bigger people. They've been around the league. This is a professional league that we are playing in here. So it is a step up in competition. I was thrilled to see him out there in the starting lineup. And I think that this is someone that, you know, you may get to see a little bit more than maybe expected at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I like him a lot. Not I mean, you know, he 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 led Georgetown to the national championship. He was the one of the finalists for the uh the Herman Award best player in the country, who Robbie Robinson won, who we'll see in the future, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I really like about him, especially if you recall the episode once we really kind of spoke about him in more detail, is that he is a defender who can score and a lot of defenders who can score, it's typically like off their heading ability inside the box. They typically are, you know, larger people. But but Dylan Nealis, he can score with his feet. He can he can shoot a ball. He can place the ball. So it's he's going to be, I think, a, a really key piece of this as he continues to grow and honestly very well could solidify a starting spot moving forward and be – it's kind of – it's shocking because there's six players I think that we would both want to see starting as defenders, and unfortunately they're only going to start four. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of good news for us in the yeah, same sense because good to have. injuries do happen, and there are you know multiple games at play during the course of a week, so people do get tired out there. So you know he's someone too that goes back with Alonso's kind of strategy and skills. He typically likes to bring kind of some of those end center backs up the seams through the middle. So to your point, Jay. We could see Nilas getting a couple of shots on goal here, and you know, may, may I say it, maybe some few goals this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I, there's going to be that that up the middle creation. There's going to be support on the on the outside wings. Uh, you know, Ben Sweat with his dirty left foot, and then you know Nilas on the other side, also uh, someone who can create chances. And then you know, you just we have just monsters in the middle. We do. We do. We're scary out there. And, you know, I think I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but I'd say my fourth takeaway here is we talked about it a few minutes ago, but Mr. Agudo is awesome to see out there on the pitch. I thought he played fantastic. He was wonderful to see. He was he, he, he was a playmaker up and down the field and really thoroughly enjoyed the whole aspect of watching him play. So that brings me to my final take of the game, which is... How much of a beast is Roman Torres? Dude, just to see him in person. So we were like trying to parallel park next to the stadium. 
and we didn't even realize it at the no, time. You were. Well, yeah, I guess I yeah I was the one driving. Uh, we were trying to parallel park right in front of I guess the hotel where the players were staying at because they all walked out in unison. And towards the back was just the biggest man I think I've seen in a long time. He is a an absolute presence mm-hmm. in person. You know, a lot of people think primarily football players are between you know five eight to six feet tall, especially in the midfield and the attack. They're typically you know shorter than than some other people. But holy crap, Ramon Torres is an absolute monster. He's like a statue. He is. He's he's a beast, and I I certainly would want to see him in a you know dark alleyway at two o'clock in the morning because that yeah. man's scary. I don't, out there. I don't want to have to try and go through him. He, uh-uh. he, he's, uh-uh. he's a big big guy. He uh, still may be the heaviest player in MLS too. I I, I don't. He know. might be one of the one of the biggest. I, I think I feel like I heard that that statistic somewhere that he actually like was the the largest person, but, which I believe after seeing him in person because yeah. holy smokes that guy's yeah. big. I mean, those are some good takeaways. Uh, if you know, the, basically the takeaways I had was, you know, holy smokes, I'm really happy we got Pizarro. I think he can be the number ten, the the centerpiece of the offense. He can create the chances. He can, uh, you know, bring the attention to him to allow others to get you know more open runs and stuff. And of course, he can finish the ball. I mean, it, it's impressive to come in your first game, two days after joining the team, really on your birthday put in a goal, and we were jumping up and down with Vice City. So happy. Uh, we already mentioned it. I really like the wing play. I like the support of the midfield coming in to relieve any pressure off the wing play. Uh, we have people that are going in and attacking the box, expecting those balls from the wings. Again, I like the possession that we have as well. I, I think that is so key. You look at you know Barcelona in their prime and that ticky-tacky style that we're playing, you know, 60-70% possession where – you're just running and chasing that ball. And that's just only going to tire you out and create a chance for you to break down and, and put in a goal. The defense, you know, held tall. I think they got a little bit of work to do. I think one of the most important pieces of a complete football team is that back line gelling on the field, off the field. It's both important becoming one cohesive unit. And again, this is the first game. A lot of positives we saw, some negatives we saw. We know what we need to work on. We know what we need to continue to expand upon. And I think that if we just stay the course, allow Diego to really develop this team and this offense and, and, and defense in the in his vision, then I think we really, like, honestly, sky's the limit. You know, as we, we have two more open spots on the team. Once we have those secure, not to mention we still have one more DP spot left. It's going to be really, really awesome to see. Philly, a great team. They were actually in the playoffs this past year and to come in in our first game with a playoff team and be able to to, to do some of the things we did, losing on a hell of a rip. Otherwise, that game finishes most likely in a draw. Yeah, hell of a rip. And again, so close, so close, but a missed opportunity in the 43rd minute where I thought we were going to put another one in so quickly. But... That is our game analysis from our first preseason exhibition game ever for the Inner Miami team out here. So we're excited about everything that's going on here. The next preseason game is going to be this Saturday at 4 p.m., same place, same time. Lang Stadium over in St. Petersburg, and they're going to go ahead and play the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which is actually pretty cool because that's their home arena, so I'm assuming the Rowdies are going to show up in numbers, and I already know our team's going to show up in numbers, so I think it should be a good environment for a match. Yeah, I, there's going to be more 
inner Miami fans there. I know a lot more of the supporters groups are going in, in more in numbers. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to have a closed door scrimmage uh, just prior than the, the opening uh, scrimmage against uh, temporary rowdies. It will be a hell of an event. Tampa Bay is very passionate about the soccer. Those rowdies fans are, there's a reason they call them the rowdies because they are in fact rowdy, but <laughs> go out there, check it out. Very cool stadium. It's a interestingly seated stadium. It's, it's almost like a baseball field that was converted into, uh, you know, a, a soccer field, but, uh, go out there, enjoy it. It's it's such a blast to actually see this. I'm assuming we'll have some growth from this game to that game, but yeah, definitely. You know, hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, we tried to to go live just so those that couldn't make the trip could watch, and um, we had an absolute blast, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a hell of a weekend. A lot of driving, but it was all worth it. We just got back a few hours ago and wanted to bring this podcast to you. We're gonna be releasing this podcast on Monday. We're recording this on Sunday, but. You know, with that in mind, Jay, we're 13 days away from the regular season starting. It is so close. That's I'm wild. literally like, just don't think about it. We'll get to this week, and we got some stuff this weekend that we're doing. And then after that, it's just one more week, and then we are here in, I mean, less than a month away now from our home opener. So it's very, very cool and exciting that it's finally happening, man. But... As we mentioned earlier in the episode, we did acquire two more players, both taking up an international spot, leaving, I believe, two spots available. And they said they want one to be a midfielder that can play both ways, as well as as, as a number nine to support our attack. Yes, and as Jay said, we have a few more openings here. We had two players sign in the last few days that we're going to touch on. Both are filling international spots, however... But all three, Carranza, Chapman, and Pellegrini, all received green cards. So those slots now do open up. That means that we have three current international slots, or actually five after these two new players that were signed. But those three previous players were Christian Macoun, Nicolas Vagal, as well as Lewis Morgan, who Lewis Morgan has a big fan about the Inter Miami oh, podcast, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We got so, some supporters yeah. out there in Scotland, baby. We do. This was kind of funny because, again, like we love the fan and community interaction. Love it. If we, you talk to us, we talk back. Yeah, we, it, it's crazy, it, right? It is just like Inter Miami podcast. We make it really easy. Yeah, it, it's really awesome. But so, um, someone had messaged us and was just really happy. Uh, about Lewis Morgan coming over and we saw it and then you know I liked it and uh, replied and she's like oh you know thanks I, I honestly wasn't expecting a reply and I was like we try and reply to everybody and then I realized her last name is Morgan and her first name Veronica Veronica Morgan I was like wow and then her last line was was something to tune like of like go go kick it well son or something like that and then it clicked I was like wow this is Lewis Morgan's mom who just reached out to us as well as uh, their family uh, friend who who also reached out to us, which was Ellen uh, Coltair, both from Scotland, who who know Lewis and are just so happy for him to be over here. And I told them that we'll, I promise that we'll take good care of him. We're very excited to have him. We weren't able to see him in the game. He literally just just got here. 
but yeah, man, the, the listeners in, in Scotland are, hey, uh, turned out to be family. Big shout out, Ellen, and big shout out, Veronica. We appreciate the love over here in the States, and we're going to keep giving you the hottest news every single week. Yes, Lewis, uh, your mother is just the sweetest lady ever. I like. Uh, it, 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 I was responding and just smiling. I was just gleeful. She's very nice, very, very proud of you. So we, we're excited to see the big things you will accomplish with this club. Which brings me to two player signings, Jay. We got two to talk about here. They're both very, very young. Um, We're excited to have them on the team here. It's a little bit interesting dynamic of what they're going through here, but we're excited to bring them aboard. Both are center back. So, you know, Jay, go ahead and introduce the first one. Yeah, so the first one, uh, Jairo uh, Quinteros Sierra goes by Jairo Quinteros, but uh, Bolivia... Uh, Bolivian youth player. He's from Valencia CF from their, um, you know, kind of youth academy over there. Valencia, one of the better teams in, in La Liga, you know, outside of Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. Uh, Valencia is a perennial contender over there. Um, 19 years old, another center back, building out a really strong defense, and he will pretty much be turned around very quickly and we will be loaning him out to uh club bolivar which is uh, a bolivian team yeah it's funny you know you, you kind of get signed to inter miami but psych you know you're not coming down to inter miami well it was interesting because i was like why wait we just signed another center back like we don't need any more defenders like i'm very happy with the, the defense we have right now but then you kind of look into it like yeah so they're gonna acquire him they're gonna loan him out so he gets his experience he probably wouldn't be a starter but you know, over in, in Club Bolivar, he, he will be a starter. So we'll get the experience. And then we take him back off loan when he has some experience. We just try and plug him in there. Yeah, I think if the gap of attack wasn't there right now, I think that this would have kind of caught a little bit more headline news here. But, you know, as Jay said, he's going to go ahead and be loaned out rather immediately. I don't think that's a bad thing by any any I sense don't of the I mean word. he plays in the UEFA youth league for Valencia so he's also getting you know that that broader experience with other teams and you know having to compete against other teams in Europe some of these really great clubs that have solid academies yeah and unlike you know Andreas who we're going to get to here next but he is actually being loaned out so he's signed with Inter Miami and we're actually loaning him out so you know I do think that I don't think he would crack the starting lineup obviously he'd be a little bit more of a rotational player here but I think with just someone being 19 years old it all comes down to experience and you know playing you know getting loaned out to you know another team right now kind of offers him that time and that experience and that you know room and opportunity for growth yeah it's a smart strategic play i think it's like here's a young guy that has a lot of talent right he needs the experience he needs to continue to progress but you secure him now, you loan him out, you, you you allow him to get that opportunity, and then you bring him back in when he's ready. Yeah, and you know, so we're excited to have you aboard here, and that brings us to our second player signing, which is Mr. Andres Reyes, who is a Colombian-born youth player. He's played for a few years here. He's actually on a long-term loan to Inter-Miami with the option to exercise a permanent transfer, which is important. So kind of that try it before you buy it type of mentality. Obviously, we're hoping that this is a good investment, which at the end of everything will be a permanent transfer for Inter-Miami. But he's 20 years old. He's again a center back here. He joins Inter-Miami from Atletico Nacional in Colombia, which is one of their it's Medellin, I believe. Is it Medellin? Yeah, I believe it's Medellin. Spent a year there one night, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, so yeah, everything. Well, Nineteen appearances, one goal, so he, he can score. Um, you know, also plays for the uh, the Colombia 
uh, under 20 team with 11 appearances in one goal, uh, you know, six feet, one inches tall. Both these guys are young and they're studs. And, you know, I, I kind of, I like these plays. Obviously, I don't think either one would be a starter, but I think they both have the potential to be down the road. Yeah, I mean, he was a part of the under 20 World Cup a few years back, or even it might have been a year ago. So he does have that international experience, which is important. Um, someone who's, you know, at least got some international club experience underneath his belt, but again, probably not a starter from day one, but we are excited to have him. And again, this is on loan. So, you know, if we don't decide or if both parties don't decide that we're going to go ahead and execute the permanent transfer, we can go ahead and walk our separate ways at the end of the whole process. Yep. Yep. It's a, I think it's a good setup for both players and in the club. I really do. Yeah, and you know, I think with all that news, there there's not too much more to talk about. The big one was kind of the game analysis. I know that there's a few other things that are kind of happening in the background, you know, one being our sponsor, things like that that are a little bit close and touchy subject. Nothing's to what we understand here on Thursday afternoon has been broken. I know there's some rumors Sunday going afternoon. on. Oh, again, <laughs> again, we're about 44 minutes in the podcast here. I'm surprised we've kept it uh, up as much as we have. But <laughs> Well, there is one other piece of news that I, I would like to share, which I think is, is relevant. So Inter-Miami did announce that Jason Kreese, who is the U.S. under-23 national coach, will be the coach of the club's USL League One team, which we spoke about previously, they will be called Fort Lauderdale CF. So the USL team, which will continue to play at a Lockhart, you know, for the longevity of that program, after Inter Miami relocates to Freedom Park eventually, uh, is going to have a, a great coaching pedigree. Uh, he's someone that you know the the nation has confidence in. So it's great to have him kind of join us and really you know, mentor and bring up some of these younger, this younger talent that we can eventually bring into the folds of Inter-Miami if we'd like. Yeah, really exciting time for soccer, football, however you would like to say it. <laughs> but we have some exciting times here in South Florida. And again, if you did not join or if you just want more of the fun, please do go out and support the team and go celebrate the team here this coming weekend over at Lang Stadium in St. Pete. And like we touched on a few minutes ago, we're 13 days away from kickoff. That is an away game. Our first home game is going to be on March 14th, which is going to be lit. It's lit be wild. capitals. L-I-T-T-T-T-T-T-T. Yeah, buddy. March 1st. Let's do it with the best team in the league, L-A-F-C. And then our home opener on March 14th against L-A Galaxy. I would love to just knock out LA as just a city. Smack up LA. I know you're a Lakers fan, but it's Hey okay. man, hey man. I'm from Southern California, but not this time, baby. Been <laughs> out here for a while. Let's go ahead and tear that ass up. Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> All right. Whoa, maybe whoa. Uh, so a little that, bit on my boundaries right there. So with that, as always, follow <laughs> us on Instagram at Instagram and Facebook at intermiamipodcast.com. Shoot us an email at J and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com. And check out the website. All the episodes are also hosted on the website, intermindmepodcast.com. It is live. It is live. And go ahead, write us a review. That is our lifeline to everybody out there. And if you don't do so already, I know we're starting to grow by the numbers, but hit us up on social media all week. We love talking to everybody out there. We are more than accessible. So please do so. 
Also, as these stickers continue to trickulate through these supporters groups and the fans, if you see one out, especially at Outlang Stadium next week, take a picture, send it to us. We'll share it. We love seeing that. Yes, we were able to hand out Inner Miami stickers. I myself was rocking a Inner Miami podcast shirt just to make sure you guys know who it was. But we're gonna have some merchandise dropping on the website here pretty soon. We're excited about. But you know, like Jay said, go ahead and follow us on all of our social outlets. Go ahead and write us a review. Click that little fancy subscribe button so you don't miss a podcast. If you haven't already done so, go check out the player interviews that we've done, as well as our four-part supporters group series, introducing you all four of them. And we have some exciting episodes here to come, as well as a few more player interviews. We do. And shout out to Will Trapp, uh, who we saw after the game, Ben Sweat and Jerome Kiesevetter. We've got some exciting times coming up. Ben Sweat will be coming very soon, just coordinating that date. And uh, we'll continue to uh, to move this thing forward. With that, we wish you adieu. I am going to go to bed to yeah. the love of God. Awesome, awesome. Well, as always, Jay Kington alongside Mr. Alex Papa George. I don't really have anything else to say except vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. <laughs>